While time may be linear, our recollections and thoughts may be more disjointed. Or perhaps it's the around way other. Either way, this June 24th, 2021 edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement moves around a lot on our recent timeline with an assortment of statements and thoughts related to land use in the city of Charlottesville and Albemarle County. And I'm your guide, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, there are some land use updates from the Charlottesville Planning Commission. City Council appoints an architect to fill a vacancy on the Planning Commission and updates on Stonefield and transit. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, as we head into summer and the weather heats up, your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, wants you and yours to keep cool. LEAP offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $75,100, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. We begin today's show with a piece of news from this afternoon before we get into our time machine for some sonic travel throughout the month. Charlottesville City Council has made an appointment to fill a vacancy on the Charlottesville Planning Commission. The seven-member body is the lead advisory panel on items of land use and planning in the city. Here's City Councilor Heather Hill making a motion. Um, I move that City Council appoint Kareem Habab to the Planning Commission. Second. Habab is an associate architect with BRW Architects, according to a bio on their website. He is a native of Jordan and the son of two architects. He moved to Charlottesville in 2011 to attend the University of Virginia. Now let's go back to the most recent meeting of the Charlottesville Planning Commission from June 9th. At the beginning of each meeting, commissioners give updates from the various committees that they are on. William Palmer is a planner with the Office of the Architect at the University of Virginia, who sits on the Planning Commission in a non-voting capacity. He noted that earlier this month, the Board of Visitors were told of a $50 million gift from Martha and Bruce Karsh to create the Karsh Institute of Democracy. That'll lead to probably to another building at the Ivy Emmett Corridor to kind of complement what's already under planning there, the um, Data Science Institute and the... Um, and the hotel and conference center. According to UVA Today, the building for the Karsh Institute of Democracy will be ready in 2026. The university will match the $50 million gift. Next, Commissioner Jody Lehandro reported from the Tree Commission, which earlier this month signed off on the United States Department of Agriculture's plan to introduce wasps at the Ragged Mountain Natural Area to fight off infestations of the emerald ash borer. It's going to be a five-year study and will be completely funded by the USDA. Um, and this is a study that's actually been ongoing since 2007 and is now uh, has been uh, uh, started in t- over 29 states uh, already. The Planning Commission is next scheduled to meet again on June 29th for a work session on the next steps for the Seville Plans Together initiative. Kareem Habab joins the Planning Commission as one phase of the Comprehensive Plan review ends and another moves forward. The comment period on the future land use map ended on June 13th. 
The consultants report that there were at least 1,137 emails, 37 voicemails from 26 individuals, and several signatures to various petition campaigns. Over 220 people left over 700 comments on an interactive version of the future land use map. Those are now all visible. The June 29th work session will see a timeline for how the rest of the process will play out. Here's Alexander Ikafuna, the Director of Neighborhood Development Services. We enable staff and the consultants you know, to prepare an uh, informed timeline on how the final draft document makes its way to the Planning Commission and the City Council for joint public hearing and subsequently uh, to the City Council uh, for final consideration. A rewrite of the zoning code would begin in full earnest, after the comprehensive plan is adopted. Planning Commission Chair Hosea Mitchell was clear that the process will still take time. This is a vision document. The future land use map is a vision document. We are ways away from rezoning. We're ways away from things like R1 going away. R1 is not, uh, based on this vision document, isn't going away. This review of the comprehensive plan began in January of 2017, and since then, there has been much turnover on the commission, and only Commissioners Lehendro and Tania Dowell are still on the body. Missy Creasy, the Deputy Director of the Department of Neighborhood Development Services, offered some perspective on how the process has been intended to be proactive. The commission really came at this from something is going to happen to our community. We know that we're seeing growth. And we want to consciously make decisions about how that happens and not allow something to happen to us. Stay tuned for June 29th. There's another meeting happening on June 29th about a topic that is perhaps just as important as the discussion of the future land use map. It's certainly related. Charlottesville Area Transit has been working with the Kinetics Transportation Group and the firm Kimley Horn on an update of the system. I've reported on the potential changes, as has Allison Rabel in the Daily Progress in a story from March 1st. You can click on those links in the newsletter. This June 29th event is being held as a general overview of the changes, and two public engagement sessions will be held before council makes a decision to approve the changes. One of these changes would see Route 8 transferred into a line that would run between the Willoughby Shopping Center on 5th Street Extended in Charlottesville to Stonefield in Albemarle County. We'll have some more on transit later on in this installment. But in the June 23rd installment of this program, we heard a little bit from the Places 29 Hydraulic Community Advisory Committee. I did not include the update from Stonefield, mostly because I ran out of time. But before we move on with the rest of today's show, and with the idea of a more direct transit route connecting Stonefield with Charlottesville, let's hear from Stonefield's manager, Samantha Strong, on some recent updates. We were very excited just in the past few weeks. We've had Sunglass Hut open up their location with us. Splendora's from the downtown mall has now opened her location. So get excited. Come get some gelato. The building that had been occupied by Pier 1 Imports will be split into spaces for more than one business. The first one that will be coming in is Torchy's Tacos, so get excited for some tacos and margaritas out of Austin, Texas. And this upcoming, we have uh, Ronnie Meganson with Culture Vibes. He's opening up. We have Ping Hair Studios that's going to be opening up within the next month, and we also have Akira 
ramen and sushi, those are all going in Northside. Strong said the Regal Movie Theater is open again. She said merchants and business owners are seeing new vibrancy. May of 2021, for some of them, was actually the best month of sales they have had ever since they opened. This area is certainly changing. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time again for another reader-supported public service announcement. The Friends of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library are having a warehouse sale at Albemarle Square Shopping Center on Friday, July 9th through Sunday, July 6th from 10 to 6 each day. There will be fiction, mysteries, sci-fi and fantasy, cookbooks, military, biographies, and young adult and children's books. And unlike the pop-up sale, you'll be able to pick out what you want. There will be a capacity limit of 80 shoppers at a time, and proceeds benefit the Regional Public Library System, the Jefferson Madison Regional Library, which serves Charlottesville, Albemarle, Green, Louisa, and Nelson. Now on to more from the Charlottesville City Council meeting from Monday, June 21st, 2021. City Manager Chip Boyles said notices have been given to nearby battlefields and museums, notifying them of the city's interest in getting rid of two Confederate statues that are currently in city parks. Three responses of interest had been received by Monday. Two are in-state and one from out-of-state. Boyles said City Hall is expecting to return to normal operations in September. At which time all public meetings, boards, and committees will begin to meet in person, if not before. In the past 15 months, government meetings have moved online. Vice Mayor Cena McGill wondered if staff could be allowed to appear at meetings remotely rather than be present in council chambers. I want to take whatever positives we can from this pandemic and provide as much flexibility as technology allows. Boyles said he thought that would be possible. Our understanding right now is that the, in the case of city council, the elected officials will have to be physically present, but staff could do either. Charlottesville Mayor Nakaya Walker said she wanted to limit the number of people in chambers out of continued health concerns. We're talking about that time of year. It's going to be flu season picking up, um, you know, regular colds that fall winter season. So hopefully by then there will be some changes to um, how, um, you know, they're looking at this from a federal and state level. Interviews for the Director of Neighborhood Development Services position began today. Later in the meeting, there was a public hearing on appropriations of $5.3 million in supplemental funds for Charlottesville area transit. Garland Williams is the director of CAT. Uh, what we have is a combination of capital and operating dollars. The capital is $4.32 million, which will allow us to buy rolling stock, which means buses, um, support vehicles. About $630,000 will transfer through to Jaunt for their services. Councillor Michael Payne asked if the 11 buses planned for purchase were to build capacity or replace an aging fleet. According to Williams, four of them are new vehicles and the rest are replacements. They will all be diesel engines, but Williams said future purchases could use alternative fuels. 
we are actually we've undertaken uh, a study that will allow us to see uh, whether we're gonna uh, whether we should be looking at doing whether it's you know CNG vehicles or electric vehicles or a combination of the two. Um, the electric vehicle component um, for transit is coming and it's coming quickly, but it's relatively new. Williams estimated there would be enough testing and experience with electric transit fleets for the technology to become more widespread. But there needs to be some more time first. One issue in this community is the topography and the need for drivetrains that power up hills. No one spoke at the public hearing. Will they speak on June 29th? We'll see. I'll certainly be covering it. And that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for June 24th, 2021. If you have enjoyed this program, well, you know, thanks. Uh, Do let me know if you didn't enjoy it. Either way, do drop me a line and let me know uh, what you think. Uh, I have to get going on to the next meeting because it's that kind of week. In the meantime, uh, also send it on to somebody else uh, and, uh, you know, help me grow this audience. We are very close to the one year anniversary mark and I very much would like to, uh, you know, I'd like to keep going with this and I hope that you will continue to enjoy it or benefit from it in some way. I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I will be back probably on Saturday with the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you.